gosh, live people here, <laughs> live people out there in their living rooms. It's so good to be here. Um, I was sitting over here with Kim. I'm like, I'm starting to cry just having people be here and worshiping with you. Um, uh, it's been uh, two, two and a half months. And so what's really cool is, is that I've been watching the past few weeks as the staff and has interacted on making sure that you're safe and there's like this four-page document and planning and everything and so I rejoice in that and, and I know it's, it's just so good to be in the house of the Lord uh, together and so it's, it's also just uh, wonderful to be able to preach to folks uh, who don't feel right uh, right yet but someday we'll be together we'll be hugging and uh, we pray that that comes soon I'm praying for a cure to this thing so um, anyway Today we finish up um, uh, this series called Pause, and um, last August we planned this series uh, before this virus broke out, and then also long before the despair of what our nation is feeling right now with what's going on um, with the uh, murder of George Floyd and, and then the peaceful protests that seem to be turning into rioting and looting and and so today, I just really believe that, you know, you look at this three-week mini-series, um, it's providential in a lot of ways. I really believe that. And today, I'm going to be preaching on pausing for direction. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like things just seem to be spinning out of control, and I have to stay anchored in God. And, and so... I think we have to pause right now and, and listen and love and obey and then lead also in this world as Christians. Last week, uh, when I've tuned in, Mark Putman preached and shared a wonderful message on pausing for Sabbath and restoration. And, and then I loved how he had us breathe in the word beloved and then exhale uh, compassion. And so these words, I think, need to be our treasure, and we need to live into those words as the beloved children of God. So what about pausing for direction? How do we get direction in our lives so that we're guided by God with each faithful step? And so how do we know how to listen and know where to go to place that foot? I don't know about you, uh, but I... I it's just a funky way of living in this time in history. I don't know if, if those who've gone before us have lived this way right now. And it seems like something pops up. And it's like, I don't know if I'm numb to it. I don't want to be numb to it. I want to be directional and continue to be passionate about living for the benefit of others and being guided and pausing for direction by God. Yesterday, our family watched the launch of, of uh, SpaceX. Did you guys check that out? Oh, if you haven't, it's amazing. That project took years of planting and planning. The rocket, it needed that vector, uh, that precise, precise point where it was going to go, along with thrust. And I don't know if you saw the countdown about 31 seconds into it. They set a great line. They said, light this candle. And they... It thrusted up, and they're now they, my father-in-law just texted around 10.30, you might have heard, they just docked with the International Space Station. So you, we really need vector in our lives, and we need thrust behind it. 
I remember when I was an Air Force chaplain, I had an Air Force pilot buddy who was telling me about his toddler son. He said, Padre, <laughs> we're in that stage where this toddler has thrust but no vector. I have never seen a kid hit his head so much. And, it, and he goes, I just can't figure it out. And I just remember laughing about that. But, you know, we have to have that directional vector on, no, on knowing where to go and how to go and, and the thrust of the Spirit pushing us through in this journey in time. And so God has a lot of guidance to give us if we're willing to pause and receive that directional guidance. In John chapter 16, Jesus is preparing his followers for his departure. Um, let's take a look at this scripture together, beginning in verse 12. You can see it up on the screen. I know it'll pop up there at home for you. Listen to his words. So filled with ministry. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak on only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he has made known to you. You see, there's a lot of truth those apostles need, needed to learn. They needed to record it. They needed to write it down and pass on to us. But in that particular moment, Jesus really was saying to them, you're not ready for all this yet. And so when he spoke about the Holy Spirit guiding them into all truth, there's an important word there in, in that Greek that I, I saw in the studying this, is that in the Greek language, it, it literally means the truth. And so the Holy Spirit has come to, to guide us into the truth about God, the truth about sin, the truth about salvation, the truth about life, death, truth about the eternal, and also the truths about the things that we can attach ourselves or be filled with from the Holy Spirit. And that fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is the teaching and the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit in His love so that we can love him, serve him, know him, and glorify him in all things. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been so freely given to us by God. That is, we have received the spirit of God, so that we can receive the truth of God and know that truth. And you know what? When you're going in a direction, you need to know it's the true direction, which is what that word was that I taught you, vector. And so we hear that from the triune God. Today's the, the day of, we celebrate Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so we have access through the ministry of the Holy Spirit with this truth. And so when we pause and we tune into the Holy Spirit, we will get that direction and guidance and it is free. It is free. With the Holy Spirit living, living in us, there will be free and open communication between God and his children, God and you. I don't know if you remember the days. Um, this is way before GPS. Do you remember those triptychs from AAA? Oh, my gosh. Those were so cool. Um, long before Waze or Google Maps, um, Kim's dad would go to AAA and he would tell them where he's going. 
and they would make this booklet of, of we're going to Michigan. And so, and I was the navigator sitting in the front seat of the van, and I had to follow that thing. It was like this, you know, it was like 12 inches by 4 inches, and you would, there was no cell phone, you just look, okay, and then I had to look out for the exit because I was the navigator for him. And it's, it's like God desires to give us this guidance through tuning into the Holy Spirit so that we know where we need to go and get to that destination in decisions in our lives. And, you know, it just seems like, I mean, I, I really think that, you know, the triptych era, I was able to tune in more versus the cell phone era, you know? So I just, I think that God wants us to get this directional existence in his rhythms and ways and it happens through pausing and I love how this slide says you know when we connect we rest I believe those things are pretty purposeful in order for us to be able to obey and walk and take each faithful step in his will and so he wants to give us this direction this truth and our spirit and our senses and our mind is put together in order to receive these things folks desires to do that we have to pause with intentionality and with focus and we have to slow down in order to move forward so what what helps us do this mark Rowland and i talked about a few things and and these are some things i think he came up with i'm like i'm just gonna grab them up first is cultivate an open mind we what does that mean it means you have to we have to be receptive and open we have to be willing we have to be ready to receive and time and time again, in the Bible, you see these ordinary people. They're not superheroes, but they were ready to receive. Noah was ready to receive uh, instructions and couldn't believe it, but he received the instructions to build the ark. Moses, think about Moses. Moses was taken out into the wilderness for years. I think he was being prepared to receive. He didn't just go out looking for the burning bush. Moses just stumbled upon it, and God spoke to him in that, through that burning bush. So like Moses, we're, sometimes we're totally taken off guard when God speaks to us to have us do some kind of missional purpose for him. But I think if we continue to cultivate an open mind ready to receive, then God's going to utilize us in a powerful way. You see, Moses... He grew in his faith. He, it increased his capacity. And after Moses led God's people to freedom, it wasn't long before Moses and God were having regular conversations. He set up a tent of meeting at the edge of camp, and he met regularly with God. And the Bible says uh, that when the people stood up, when Moses headed out there, they said, they, it says in the scripture, there goes Moses meeting with God. And when he returned, he he his face was radiant and they knew that he was in the presence of God and getting guidance to lead his people sometimes God also breaks through when we are not open Saul who later became Paul was on his way to arrest Christians and throw them into jail and, and God knocked him off his horse and blinded him with light and spoke to him and prepared him for his his missional purpose. So one of the ways to, 
to cultivate that open mind is to get into the Word and see some of these examples and have an openness to where we know that God will utilize us just like He utilized them. So why are we not open to the possibility of God speaking? One, one way is that maybe we think, and it's pride, that we can handle it on our own, that we don't need anybody's help, that we can figure it out by ourselves. Prior to GPS, and prior to even when I even didn't even know there was a triptych, there's been many times where Kim would say, would you just please pull over and ask for directions? And nine times out of ten, I wouldn't. Why? Because it's pride, man. I wasn't open <laughs> to receiving that. But now I know. Thank God for cell phones. <laughs> if we become receptive with the removal of pride and God softens up the sensitivity of our hearts and our minds and our souls, we're able to be able to walk into his will with that thrust behind us. It begins by being open to the possibility that God wants to guide us. And it, it really is starting with a prayer like, God, I can't figure this out on my own. I need you. And I need to surrender this pride or this bitterness, these things that, that maybe is this wall between us so that we can have that tent of meeting with God just like Moses did. We need to say, God, I need to listen to you. I'm going to open up my life to this new possibility. Secondly, we need to allocate some time. You know, maybe we should put God first in our, our calendars. There's one lesson that I've learned and I told Kim I was going to use her, her, her in an illustration this morning. And um, she, she's just amazing. I want to brag on her. There's lessons that I've learned in my marriage is that I'll never interrupt my wife's quiet time in the morning. I don't do that. She's a structured machine, especially during the work week. Uh, every day, I know when I come downstairs, Kimberly's going to be sitting in that chair with her coffee and her Bible reading plan and just being quiet just as the light is coming up. And I hardly see her like that because I usually sleep in. Uh, but when I do come down there, I make sure I leave her alone. I dare not interrupt. Like Moses, she's in that tent meeting and she's allocating that time with God. And I know if I interrupt her, her face is not going to radiate. And so I just leave her alone and I'll go off until she's ready. You see, we need those, those tent meeting places. You know, you and your home, you can look around. Where can you have that sacred space so that you can allocate time to commune with God? So that you can open up and pray and read his words and say, God, what do you have to say to me today? How can I make this day glorify you? Speak to me through these scriptures. Speak to me through these Bible reading plan days and prayers and realities. But see, a lot of times we say, you know, God, I don't want to hear from you. Well, I'll hear from you, but I'll, you only have 47 seconds, so make it fast. And that's a shortcoming to God, and that's a shortcoming to us. And the re result of that shortcoming is that we really never deepen our faith and deepen our roots into that soil. Do you believe that God uh, wants to help you make a career decision? Absolutely. Do you believe that God wants to help restore a relationship and heal that? Undeniably. 
Absolutely. We can't make decisions on the fly and leave God out of the process. We have to pause and say, okay, give me these coordinates for this specific thing right now before me. We must build in time to slow down and listen. You know, when and, and Mark Putman talked about it last week, he, he's, Jesus would go away from the crowds when he got overwhelmed and he would commune with his father and sometimes he would take his disciples and then sometimes he would go on his own. So when he ran into opposition, when the crowds got hostile, he knew what to do. He had to slide away so that he can be with his father. Look at what John five nineteen says. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what his father is doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. And so Jesus knew the will of God as well as what he saw in the will of God and being communion, being in communion with his father. And it was that cultivation of that relationship that continued to strengthen him as he took each faithful step in his mission and purpose for us. And so we spend time like Christ in the word, in prayer, in community, and living out our missional purpose. So sometimes we do need to slow down in order to move forward. Next is we need to eliminate the distractions. This is so difficult for me. In order for, for me to receive from God, all the distractions have to be eliminated from uh, my life around me. Uh, we, we have, during this pandemic, we have inherited my, our daughter's dog, Moonlight. And we have three dogs. We have Maggie, Mookie, and Moonlight. The three M's. And... Moonlight's like a year old, and uh, he's not very mature, and he's really a distraction. But I love him. He's cute, but he's a distraction. So sometimes I just have to go outside. Thank God it's warm. I just have to leave and go away with God in order to commune. Well, Friday morning, I woke up, and I did this, and I spent some time with God, and, and thank God the dogs were sleeping and then I turned on my phone and I saw all what was going on in the United States with the riots and everything. And I just found my heart was breaking. And I went back outside with God again so that I could pour out my life, try to listen to some words and, and pouring out my prayer. And, and in that moment, God reminded me of that scripture in Romans 8.26. And maybe you can resonate with this this morning as we pause and listen to it. Paul writes, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Don't you guys feel like that today? You see what's going on in our nation and, and all these different things, but the ministry of the Holy Spirit, when we eliminate distractions, we step back and we listen to what God desires to say to us. We find that activity, and that happened to me Friday morning when I went back out there felt the Holy Spirit interceding because I, I didn't have the words to utter what was going on. You see, God hears our wordless groanings and intercesses for us in our weakness. And we have to be quiet in order to hear those whispers, those ministry whispers of the Holy Spirit. There's a good chance that God's been whispering to you throughout these weeks. I know it. Why can't we hear him? Sometimes that noise in the world 
and all these things that pop out, pops up, blocks it. But God wants to remove that. Come away with me. Eliminate these distractions. I once heard someone teach about minding the checks in your spirit. Some may call it like God whispers. Uh, others would say it's that s- still small voice from God. And we're made in the image of God. And when we confess Jesus Christ and we follow him as Lord and Savior, his spirit fills and lives in us. And God desires to speak through the ministry of his Holy Spirit and our conscience helping us to make those right decisions directionally. And when we're tempted, that same spirit warns us and nudges us to do the right thing. And I really believe when we begin and we set our day before God, it's like an antiseptic. (laughs) to cleanse that day. Why do you suppose 10 people can hear the same sermon? I know this is true for me. And each person will walk away with a different, with something different that they heard. That's That's the Holy Spirit. The truth coming through his word that's proclaimed. And I've experienced it. The next thing is that we have to cooperate with what God says. And I think this is the most important thing. So one thing to listen to the voice of God, but not to do the voice of God. In James 1.22, it says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word of God go in one ear and out the other, act on what you hear. You see, if we continue to hear the word and keep saying no, 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 maybe that, you're not going to hear it anymore. You see, We might say God is so silent. You know, if you think about it, and I thought about this, it's hard to keep offering advice to a person that doesn't act on that advice. You know, I I looked up, I was talking a little bit uh, to someone, and they said they, they brought the word coachable up. And Michael Jordan, what would you say Michael Jordan's most valuable asset is? Was his offense, his jump shot, his, his dribbling, um, <laughs> competitiveness, no. Jordan says himself, he says, my best skill was that I was coachable. I was a sponge, and I was aggressive to learn, and he did it. One of the best basketball players under Larry Bird. I'm from Indiana, so anyway, but coachable. I think, I think God is concerned on how coachable we are. God is the ultimate life coach and desires to to lead us. And when we do what he says, and it's very hard sometimes, it's going to be awesome and so good and enriching for us. And it happens through the ministry of his Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. And when we begin to build up that strict sensitivity to his Holy Spirit, and walk in obedience unto him, surrendered in life. I th- it, we just have this joyful obedience that begins to just pop up in our lives. And we know where the direction is. Where our vector. And we begin to have that thrust. And we go. We go. And it's pretty amazing. And I think just pausing to help with, to navigate these days together and personally and individually. Yeah, mistakes happen at times, and I know I, 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 I don't always cooperate, and it's hard to cooperate sometimes, but I know that 
when I do, when I surrender and I cooperate and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just write this blank check and give it to you and see what you do with it. <laughs> it it's always so cool <laughs> what takes place. That's the kind of attitude I think God is looking for, I know, in me. And for, for, for you all, too. It's the kind of life I'm trying to live in God's strength. And I, I don't know if I want to waste any more seconds not doing that. Because when I do it, it's okay. I got the guidance. I got the coordinates to navigate life right now in the presence I have to pause for that direction. And thanks be to God through the ministry of that Holy Spirit that leads us in the truth. Thanks be to God. And so what I want to do right now, just take a minute or so, is I want us to pause because I think God wants to guide us and, and open our minds to possibilities. And this may be whatever today has placed in your life, whatever, whatever it is. I think I always want to take a little bit of prayer time. And you guys who are live streaming and watching at home, just take some time to set aside some space. And let's get into an attitude of prayer. And I'd like for you to say like Samuel, who said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And maybe what word is the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind? Or maybe you've been looking for direction for something. Guidance, coordinates. Maybe you need some, some thrust. Bring it to him now. Let's pray. Lord, you said the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. The truth. We want to follow your truth. We want to take a moment just to pause. Listen. Speak to us. Lead us in the right paths. For your name's sake. Our lives are before you now, Holy Spirit. Fill us anew and afresh. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.